This gospel message is brought to you by the redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing Word of God. and just bless this great God that deserves all our praise. He's worthy, he's worthy, he's worthy, he's worthy. He's the ruler over the whole universe. He's our strong tower, he's our help, our king, the lifter of our heads. Oh, mighty is he, he's. mighty is his name, mighty is his word, mighty is his power. He's indescribable. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Who is like you, O oh Lord, in heaven and on earth? You deserve the glory, you deserve the honor. Victory in Jesus. Victory through him who was slain for us and who rose again from the dead. Mighty God, mighty God, mighty God, we worship you. Oh, be lifted here, O oh Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We give you honor. We give you glory. Amen. 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 If we have a thousand tongues each, it's not enough to praise our God. The little we have brought this afternoon, let it be acceptable unto you. Exceed our expectation today. Cause our heads to be raised high. And give us a victory that we bath other victories in the name of Jesus. To you be the honor and glory, Lord. Jesus, marvelous name we have worshipped. Hallelujah. I think it's worthy to put our hands together for this most high God as we take our seats wherever we are. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The theme for the month, as you probably will be aware now, is taken from Genesis 22, verse 14, and also from Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. Genesis 22:14 14 says, And Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide, as it is said to this day, In the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. And in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, the New Living Translation says, And this same God, who takes care of me, will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. You're quite aware that today is Thanksgiving Sunday, and as we start this new month, I will encourage us to please Stay thankful and appreciative of all the Lord has done. But even having said that, in the short time that I have to share with you this morning, I want us to act wisely by positioning ourselves for the promise of God for us. The theme for the month is divine provision. And so, I think above all things, from the get-go, I want us to get ready 
for the unusual things the Lord will do for us very in this very month in Jesus' name. I'm sure that all of us, we have one thing or another. We would love the Lord to provide for us. You agree with me? I tell you, I do have many. But I also discovered as a prelude to the few points I will share with you, that is the who that will determine the what. I will explain myself. You know, many a times we keep talking about what I want, what's where, where I'm going, but it's not so much the, the, the what that should determine or that we influence so much what you will get. It's really the person yourself. I believe the person that determines the provision. And it works both ways. Um, the provision you get from somebody who, who has not got much resource is different from the one you get from one who has a lot of resource. You agree with me? And of course, God is the ultimate provider. And so we won't spend time on that today um, because we'll still come back to that. We have, I don't know, I didn't even remember to count the number of Sundays we have this month. So we are a little bit short for time unless the Lord wants to increase um, opportunity to share on this very important topic, divine provision. But for now, um, we will not put so much attention on the giver. It's on the receiver. Um, you know, the, the, both the giver and the receiver, they matter in any time or any period where there's an exchange of something to be given. So today, everything that we will try and do, or, you know, the bulk of this message will be centered on you and I who are the receiver. Amen? How we will determine what God wants to give us. I write here that everything is available, but everything is not available to everyone. As you go through life, you will discover that uh, some people, everything you want is outside there. Everything I want is outside there. But some of them, they go to others, they go to another people. So that's point number one. So from very first day or the very first Sunday that we are sharing about this, be aware that who you are, who I am, we make a lot of difference to exactly what we shall receive. Another thing I noticed is that the qualification to having things is not in what you do, but in who you are. And I've mentioned that in person. And I have a few Bible verses to quickly back that up. Most of the New Testament were based, and even the Old Testament, they were based on the fact that who the person is will determine what the person will get. The Lord Jesus Christ, in John chapter 16, verse 12, he said, I have much more to tell you, but now it will be too much for you to bear. The resource was there. Jesus Christ said, uh-uh, your person is not ready to receive the product yet. There must be a commensurate elevation that God, and that's going to be number one prayer we will pray, because of the three prayer points that we have, that God will make me and make you into what we need to be so that we can receive what we have to receive. Oh, brethren, there are things that you don't serve a king. And there are things that you know only kings are served. And so the title and whoever you are, whoever I am, makes a lot of difference. Started noticing that sometime back when the Lord quickened that word in my heart. He said, I will make you. It's always, you see, what, what a person is goes a long way to determine what a person will get. Whether you like it or not, if somebody... 
because we are still living in the, in the world, somebody in the government or top official enters a place, the kind of things the person gets different from what the ordinary people get. So the qualification to having things is not in what you do, but in who you are. And Hebrews chapter 5 verse 11 says the same thing in God's word. He said you we in God's word's version. He said we have a lot to explain about this, but since you have not become too lazy to pay attention, explaining to you is too hard to do. I pray it shall not be too hard for us. Now, let me just stop. Let me take one more out of quite a few that I have here. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 20. That's a very funny one for me when I read it. Um, it says, as a ring of gold is in a swine's snout, so is a lovely woman who lacks direction. That is, ring that is put on stop in the, in, you know, in the body of a woman that has lacked discretion does not change her from being who exactly she is. So if a person is bad, no matter how much you dress the person, the person will not go beyond what the person is dressed to be. May the Lord give us help. May the Lord help us and do all the work that needs to be done in us. So as I mentioned in the short clip that I sent out on our social media yesterday, this morning we spent a lot of time to transformation, a lot of time on transformation, you know, and the transformation begins with the person. Remember Romans chapter 12 verse 1, Verse 2, verse 2, he said, I, I admonish you, therefore, brethren, that you be transformed into, by the renewal. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, um, that you not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. Amen. So there, should, uh, there will be a lot of transformation this month. Uh, people will change level in the name of Jesus. And so... As, as, as moving towards that, I, I believe the first part, which would be the topic today, is that you need to become confident. The first time to becoming something is to be confident. Confidence is lacking. I believe every one of us will identify with that in one form or another. Sometimes it's hard to be able to get up and get things done because we're a little bit wobbly. We're not as confident as we ought to be. And I do believe that if you cannot see yourself there, you cannot sit there. You get there after you have seen yourself sitting there. Um, if, you, if you just say, I'm here, and we play false humility, not much will happen. This month, God will visit you and I. And it's going to be a glorious month for us in Jesus' name. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35, in God's word version, he said, don't lose your confidence. It will bring you a great reward. We shall work confidently. I think I alluded to that not many days ago, that many a times we carry so much of a sense of I can't do it, a sense of inferiority complex. God will break that for us. We shall be transformed. Sometimes people make a lot of bravados, but you know, deep within, they are very tentative. They are very unsure. They are wondering, can I do it? Can I not do it? Am I, can I fit in? Are they not better than me? Nobody's better than you if you have Christ in you. They may be able to do something better than you, but in terms of a person, the person is different from what you do. It can be, I, I don't believe nobody in this world is, is superior to me, and I'm not superior to you in any way as a person. But I can have areas in which I can function better than you. And of course, you have areas you can function better than me. Be settled in your heart today that God has created you to be somebody big and strong and going to do mighty things for him. If, I, if God allows me to preach that for the rest of my ministry, I will gladly do so. 
That's a new paradigm sheet for me. Too many people are walking with their heads bowed. They pretend to be lifting their heads up, but right inside they are crawling and they are crushed. But that will change in the name of Jesus Christ. But we thank God because when we come to God, we come to him confident. In actual fact, we were asked to come to him confidently. We are asked to come to him confidently. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15 and 16. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly or confidently to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Oh, if I just have a band of people who are bold and confident, oh, I'm sure God will do great things through us as a group of people. And that goes through the scripture. Let me just jump because of our time. The time is really skipping now, running very fast. So how do you grow your confidence? Just give you four things very quickly with a bit of explanation. And I'm sure that even before the next time of meeting, I'll be hearing testimonies in the name of the Lord. How do you grow your confidence? Number one, be thankful. Be thankful. You cannot resent who you are and expect, and expect to be received into a higher place. Some people, they resent who they are. <laughs> you cannot resent who you are. And you expect that those that want to welcome you to a higher place, they will welcome you. You may not like where you are, but you cannot hate who you are. Because that's where the problem is most of the time. No matter how bad, you know, how much struggle that our upbringing has been, something about you is saying that I'm bigger than who, where I am now. It's not about who you are. It's about where you are. But God is saying that today we will be thankful for who we are in Christ Jesus. Amen to that one. David walked confidently in that all his days. He was not proud. We managed to go back home and read that one. There was this lovely account in the book of First Samuel chapter um, chapter six, uh, Second Samuel chapter six. You know where the wife Michal was making fun of him. He said, "You are dried." You know, essentially, he said that you are dancing like a um, like a what do you call them? Like a plebeian, You're dancing like an ordinary person. And this man also knew where I was coming from because when he was going to marry this woman, he told the people that suggested to him that the king Saul wanted you to marry the daughter. And he told them, he said, you people, you know my background. If you go back to 1 Kings chapter 18, I think, verses, uh, verse 23, he told them. And so the guy was carrying that said, but there's something about David that made him never to succumb unto that feeling that every human being has. Let's, let's read 1 Kings, 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 23, please. 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 23, or it does not read there. So Saul's servant spoke those words in the hearing of David. What were the words? They spoke to David and said, the king wanted you to marry the daughter. You have just won the battle for him. You have done marvelously well. Now the king is now saying, come on, don't, don't, how can I reward this young man? And in those days, you know, was a young man, was eligible, he was looking for a wife to marry, just as anyone else, and thought I should marry from a good family if I can. And so, above all, beyond his imagination, while he was thinking it's time to settle that now, somebody suggested unto him through the prompting of Saul that come and marry the king. Wow, 
So I will be the son-in-law of the king. Well, hear what the young man said. So Saul's servant spoke those words in the ears of David. And David said, does it seem to you a small thing to be a king's son-in-law? Seeing I'm a poor and lightly esteemed man. You would think that that man was not, does not know who he is in Christ. If you go back to chapter 17, where he was talking that, that the lion and the bear I killed, he never lost who he was. I'm trying to let you know that, yes, you can, you can be aware of where you are coming from, but you don't let that dictate who you are. I believe with all my heart, if God calls me to it, there is no office in this world that I cannot occupy. If God calls me to it. Not because of me, but because of God. There is nobody, and everyone sitting here, listening to me wherever you are sitting, or you are, you are listening to me today, there is no office you cannot occupy. There is no position you cannot take. If God will allow you to, don't limit yourself. And age does not matter. Now, many of you, you've heard me say that before. I have still got so much opportunity to do so many great things. You know, you know the reason why? You know the reason why? I'm not 80 yet. And even before that 80, God will do something. What about you? After all, I must have been at least one or two days older than some of you. And I tell you, why are you signing off now? Amen. I'm not signed off. There's still nowhere I cannot reach. So please, I beg of you, as we go to this month of divine, what? Provision. Prepare your heart and make up your mind. And the enemy will tell you, since you've been thinking like that, what have you achieved? I hope this man is not just you know, putting us on a high pedestal. Well, I'm, I am. I'm putting you on the pedestal that God has made for you. And you will stand there in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, but be thankful for where you are. Can I hear a big amen to wherever you are? I thank you, Lord, for my parents that gave back to me. I thank you, Lord, for their strength. I thank you for my upbringing with all the challenges there. And I thank God for yours. Even if you are born out of rape, thank God that, Lord, in your grace and of humor, you still preserve me. Ah, you must be a great God. So thank God for where you are. That is the starting point. This Thanksgiving Sunday, spend a lot of time. Never ever look at yourself negatively. I know secret examples. Uh, the examples I will give unto you, they are all in the press. They are not secret things. A man that rose up, and I can only use physical things to explain spiritual things. I'm not suggesting it to you anyway that physical things are bigger than spiritual things. But physical things Jesus used to teach us spiritual things. A man that his father abandoned him very early in life. Rose up to be the president of the United States of America. His room laughs at him. Said, "The day of immigration, he said, this country must be a very funny country." That's me paraphrasing. That means somebody like me. You actually? <laughs> you mean really? I mean, uh, before then, you must have solid background. But the truth of the matter is that long before then, long before then, he has been priming himself to be confident, and he wrote a what did he call it? Audacity of hope. You must be audacious. I'm tired of myself not dreaming big anymore. And I'm tired of you even much more not dreaming big. Hallelujah. Ah, let me move on now. Praise God. So what is the first one? Be thankful. Be thankful for who you are. Amen. Number two, develop a thick skin and keep a soft heart. You say, what, what has that got to do with confidence? I will tell you in a minute. Develop a thick skin and keep a soft heart. 
every time people needle you, every time people say something uncomplimentary about you, they want to do something, they want to, want to break your heart. Don't allow it. You might think there's, there's no other agenda. Knowingly or knowingly, when people act towards you, whether in your family setting, whether in the community that you are, wherever it is, there's only one agenda by the devil is to make you look small and make you lose confidence in yourself. No other agenda. The moment I realize that, oh, I don't bother anymore. And a lot of things are going on, going on in families, going on, you know, in the communities you are going on at work. You will greet somebody good morning, they won't answer you. You greet them day one, day two. After time, you start believing yourself that, ah, what, what have I done? You've done nothing. Maybe it's not what I've done. Maybe there's something about me that is not good enough. Develop a thick skin. Thick skin will protect you from all those arrow comments. But the soft heart, what will it do? It will make you to be amenable to what God wants to do in your life. Don't allow the view of others to determine who you are. And don't let them ever, that's where soft art comes in, to make you bitter at any time. Bitterness will only knock your confidence. There's nobody who is bitter who is able to get up because bitterness weighs down. The Lord will deliver us from every form of bitterness. Psalm 145, verse 8, the Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and great in mercy. That is the description of God. If you can use human language, God has a very thick skin. He doesn't get bothered easily by all that we throw at him. But at the same time, he has a soft heart. Proverbs 16, 32 says, he who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. Slow to anger. Slow to anger. Time is running very fast. Take number three very quickly. Carry yourself well and don't shock your responsibility. If you do that, it will increase your confidence. And I, 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 I notice that your courage is not outside but inside. Um, <laughs> you know, it called, it called to me also when I was thinking about this. I see some people, they think that, and it's good to dress nicely, but no matter what you put on, if on the inside you are feeling down, it does not change the way that you eventually react. Put another way, a person who is depressed and decides to wear designer clothing will only end up as a designer, we only end up with designer depression. It's not, it's, it, inside, inside. You see people, they, they dress, rubber, and I, I, do, I don't subscribe to that. I mean, I, I, I like to appear reasonably okay. But believe you me, it's not, that's why some people, they will make up, make down, make sideways. But you will know deep within, they are carrying a lot of weight. God wants to change us from inside outside. It's no point thinking that anything will happen for my. But God, this today, it will work on your inside and my inside. In Acts chapter 4, verse 13, when they saw Peter and the rest of the disciples, what did the Bible say? The Bible said when they saw them, they took knowledge that they had been with Jesus. The council members were astonished as they witnessed the bold courage of Peter and John, especially when they discovered that they were just ordinary men. That's the Passion translation. 
who had never had religious training, then they began to understand the effect Jesus had on them. And that's going to be my next point, which I will talk about soon. They began to do what? See, they began to, um, sorry, then they began to understand the effect Jesus had on them simply by spending time with him. What a robust translation of that place. So it wasn't so much. Everything written all over them means ignorance. The way they were speaking, they didn't have Queen's English. And I'm asking you not to shirk your responsibility. Do your only two parts. But I've discovered all along that many things that we think make the difference for you to rise to the highest place, those are not the things that make the difference. Even not your accent. You want me to shock you? Have you heard... If these are all public things. I've not seen anything or you have not heard before. Have you heard Arnold Schwarzenegger speak before? I mean, that guy not only was a major actor or a major actor, what did he become? Governor. And yet, uh, some of us, we, by the time we finish twisting our accent, nobody can even hear us. <laughs> and it's good. I mean, try and be cosmopolitan. Try and stay in the middle road. I mean, you don't need to be too broad if you can avoid avoid it. But the answer is not in that one. Amen. Sincerely, I've discovered that. I won't be 21 years in ministry, at least in this country, for me not to to let you know that one. So what I'm telling you, folks, is that your internal courage will determine your external destination. Because... It's whatever you think on the inside that will make all the difference. Examples abound of men of God of old. And it's good to be able to, you know, speak well or whatever. D.L. Moody was notorious for that. He said his diction was bad. He had fair education, but, you know, his sermon he reads throughout with his glasses, and yet things were happening. You know why? Something was strong on the inside. And I know, and I know, with all due respect, great, in our time, great, great men of God, who God is using, they are not the best speakers, but things happen. You understand what I'm talking about? Is the inside. May God toughen you on the inside. May God toughen me on the inside. And may our confidence leap into higher level in the name of Jesus. I'm cutting this because we just try so much to stay within the time. Let me give you the final one. Let me give you the final one. So, what are the ones we have said that will help us to, out of many? Just pick this for number one: be thankful. Number two: develop a thick skin and what? Number three: carry yourself well. Number four: work with confident people. Nothing affects a person's confidence more than the people you surround yourself with. You had me read the, the Passion Translation of that place. The council members were astonished as they witnessed the bold courage of Peter and John, especially when they discovered that they were just ordinary men who had never had religious training. Then they began to understand the effect Jesus had on them simply by spending time with him. Let me tell you something, folks. Whether in ministry or in personal life, when I have moments when I struggle, I don't listen to any other message. I don't listen to messages on holiness as good as they are. I don't listen to the message on prayer. I listen to messages that has to do with faith. And I know faith preachers like that. I just listen and listen and listen. By the time I know it, my faith has risen. 
You know what I was doing? I'm keeping company with them. You see, in our time, you may not have a God. I keep telling you, when we get to heaven, they will ask this generation. I mean, there's nowhere where you have resources like now. So you can be in company with the best preacher in the world. You can be just like that, by sitting at their feet and listening to them. And that changes everything for you. So I will admonish us, brethren, that we choose our companies very well. Amen. It's not just messages. Read stories of people that have done well. Read stories. Read biographies. God will give you wisdom to be able to pick what you need to pick and discard what you need to discard. Amen. Read the likes of Thatcher. Read the likes of Mandela. Read the likes of Obama. Read the likes of even Gandhi, who said, gave us the greatest broadside as believers. You, you know Gandhi saying about Christians? He said that, <laughs> he said that if uh, the Christians will believe, why did I forget that now? If the Christians will believe in what they believe and live it, he said, the world will be changed. He's essentially saying, I, I, I'll try and get that quote. It just came to my heart now. Essentially, he's saying that you people, you have such things in your hand that he has looked at you from a distance, he's wondering why you are not doing much more with it. That was Gandhi. And so there are people all over the world like that, brethren, that you can keep their company and you get confident. I'm still not giving up on this effect, that this group, that's this small fellowship, because small in the sense that where we are going, we're so far from where we are, that we shall be renowned for the exploit God will use us to do. We shall overrepresent the good things of this life. They say, for this number, why do you have so many coming out from there? First in the things of faith and every other department of the seven mountains of achievement of life that is required of us. Amen. And so, when I think of that as well, there are sometimes all these people you are asking to be around you or that you are moving close to, they can even be people that you have supervisory role over or leadership role over. And the one I saw in Judges chapter 7 blew my mind. You probably have heard of it before. Judges chapter 7 verses 10 and 11. Amen. But if you are afraid to go down, and that was when Joshua, no, Joshua, that's why I mean, I, I just love God. Amen. I love God. When people are giving you so many obstacles you have to scale before God can bless you or use you, I just say, no, it doesn't work like that. I mean, there are people in the scripture that God should have not bothered about. Um, what's his name again? Um, the man in Judges. Gideon was one of them. You remember? I mean, this guy was so stubborn. God appeared to him. He said, okay, Lord, and was throwing fleas. We call it fleas. He said, Lord, if you rains on this one tonight, God. And God still said, Gideon, whether you like it or not, it's you I will use. What about Moses? These are not people. So sometimes you can be an unwilling person, but God can still superimpose his desire for you and mold you and change you. We're going to pray about that later and be what you have to be. So anyway, the story of, of Gideon was very fascinating to me here. And so first time God talked to, talk to him, second time God talked to him, he changed the direction how he wanted God to speak to him. Eventually, the man was still not confident enough to go and do the battle, and God spoke to him here in chapter 7 of the book of Judges, beginning from verse 10. He said, but if you are afraid to go down, go down to the camp with Pura, your servant. If you are afraid to go down, because God said, I will talk to you when you go to the camp of the enemy of the Midianites. Go and spy them out, see what is going happening there. He said, then you go with Pura, your servant, to them. And you shall hear what they say. And afterward, your hand shall be strengthened to go down against the camp. 
Then he went down with Pura, his servants, to the outposts of the armed men who were in the camp. What God was telling him is that now, you see what? Sometimes the testimony of your enemy can be your strongest strength. When you hear what they're saying about you, don't, don't always shut out what your people, people, your detractors say. Sometimes they don't say it directly, but read between the lines. In fact, some of the time when they are resisting you, if you know how to listen very well, you just say, these people are panicking. I'm going to have my way here. If they're ganging up sometimes and they, they're talking, do you think you are the one that you know everything? What they're actually telling you is that we know you know a lot more than we do. And so don't, don't ever, ever allow the enemy to play that. And, but I just ask, who are your, uh, your uh, poorers and where are your poorers? Amen? Who are the people that God will send by your side to encourage you? And to, to strengthen your hearts to go and do what has called you to do. And I thought I've had a few puras through the years in ministry. I had a few puras who have pushed me to do things I normally would not have done. And usually when they finish pushing me and I've set out to go and do it, I start looking for them, I don't find them. I mean, many of you, you know, too, so many. But let me tell you obvious one, physical things. When you wanted to buy 29, which you now call uh, Fountain House, they practically tricked me into it. We've just finished buying this place. Some of you know the story. And they said, Pastor, let's go and buy it. I said, no, we can't. They said, ah, Pastor, they were my poorest. <laughs> I said, no. They said, ah, no. And I said, Lord, what do we do now? As we were praying, everything was falling, 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 everything was going on. Until eventually when we signed the contract to buy. And then we didn't find the money. I said, guys, you said we should buy this thing. I didn't find them again. <laughs> ah. But the truth of the matter is that you can see what God has done with it now. So there are moments like that. People will push you. Don't grudge them. In fact, I thank God for them. And these are people that I even asked to be, to, to, to do the building committee. They came back. They were turning behind me. The very set of people who are coming behind me and saying, hey, but pastor, why did we also go into this? Ah, uh -uh. <laughs> But I've gone too far. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you carry bodies. One of those times I carry bodies in ministry. And both, my body will be aching me like that. But I have confidence God will not bring his name to shame. Uh, more recently, it took me so long, even before we get 29. Some of you, the last one is very recent. All of you, most of you are aware now. Those that are behind, let's buy. I said, no. Eventually, we got midstream. <laughs> Money ran out. But God has been faithful. Here we are again. And for your information, as God did for us before, we do again. Oh, the mortgage on that thing will be paid up in record time. Oh. But the truth is that there will be people who will push you. If your children are pushing you, please don't worry. Amen? Work carefully. If your wife is pushing, if your husband is pushing, you don't say they are hard. God is sending them to your life for a purpose. Hallelujah. Wow. Our time is gone. We need to pray now. Amen? All right. So, please, don't run away from those who are pushing you. That's my final statement. This season, you will be transformed in Jesus' name. Amen? Transform to a confident person. We shall do exploit. We shall move to a higher level with him. Hallelujah. Please, wherever you are, join me. Let us pray. Three prayer points very quickly. It's a Thanksgiving Sunday. We we'll find time to see dance, you know, maybe a little bit past the hour, uh, the half hour of uh, we should be leaving. But please, I think it's very important for us to set us out, out on a good footing and um, it's be a fairly long message, but I believe it's worth it. Amen. 
All right, please rise up with me. Very quick prayers. Take about two, three minutes to pray that one. Amen. Number one, you will say, make me Lord. Mm, he said, I will make you what? Fishers of men. Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. What do you say? Make me Lord. And remember, 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 remember. Salvation precedes that. He said, follow me and I will make you. Amen. If you are not following Jesus yet, please follow him. Or you're following him, you think it's gone so sour somewhere else. Go back and follow him. Amen. And it will make us. It will make us. Lift your voice and say, Father, please make me. Fill the blank yourself. Whatever you want him to make you. Here he said we made them fishers of men. You want to say, Lord, make me to succeed in that business. Make me a successful business person. Make me a successful evangelist. Make me a successful pastor. Make me, oh Lord, a mother. Make me a father. Make me. It's God that makes. Your name must change. Your name must change. Before your actions begin to change. Your actions don't determine your name. Your name should determine your action. In the things of God, he said, whatever name Adam called them, so they were. Let God give you the new name today. Make me, oh God. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' marvelous name, we pray. Number two, he said, move me, Lord. Then Samuel said to the people, it is the Lord who raised up Moses and Aaron. And who brought your fathers up from the land of Egypt? He raised them up. He moved them. Lord, move me. Move me, Lord. Move me to higher ground. Move me to the place that you have planned and proposed and ordained for me. It is the Lord who moves his people. Move me. Move me. Move me. Move me. As you have made me, oh God, I don't want to stay where I am. I want to move to the next level. This Thanksgiving Sunday, as I'm thanking you for what you have done so far, your promises for this new month, and we are so much in a hurry, Lord, to tap into what you have planned for us, move me. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Make me, Lord. Is that clear? Number two, move me, Lord. This number three, you should be able to, let me read Bible passage for you first. Luke chapter 1 verse 80. So the child grew and became strong in spirit and was in the desert till the day of his manifestation to Israel. God marketed him. God manifested him. So God, don't only make me, don't move me, but make me to be manifest. Market me. Be the one. Many people, they like to, to go and market themselves. But if God markets you, you will be known lift your voice and say, Lord, please present me to the world. Do all the grand work that needs to be done. And I know I need to do some social media work. I need to do some poster. But above all, if you don't market a person, greatest achievements are known by just the human marketing is by the power of the living God. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' marvelous name, we have prayed. Lord, this is our heart cry today. Surprise us for good. You are said that is our month of divine provision. And we know you are more than able. Send people to our lives who will not just earn. Give us a heart of thanksgiving to be able to realize that in Christ Jesus we are more than we think. Every arrow of the enemy sent to trouble our hearts, they will not penetrate in the name of Jesus. And we pray, oh, most high God, that you give us the grace to carry ourselves well. Every lowness of opinion about ourselves shall die off. We shall rise to the next level. And the name of the Lord shall be glorified. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Somebody shout hallelujah.
For more information on what you've heard, please visit our website at www.fountainoflove.org.uk. You'll also find other media presentations available to you. Stay blessed in Christ Jesus. Amen.